Hello everyone, I'm Matt Toth, Executive Director of the J. Cruz Education Center, and welcome to the J. Cruz Education Center podcast. Today we're going to focus on one of our 16 pathways. Remember, our goal with this podcast is to jump into the lives of individuals and discover what it's like to be them as we help other people discover what jobs exist and how they can mesh their talents and passions to find a career that is fulfilling to them. Next up today is the Finance Pathway, and I'm joined by our special guest, Andy Minnick. Andy, how are you today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on, Matt. Yeah, thanks for being here. So I'm going to give our listeners a little recap of our finance pathway. Um, Just let them know that occupations in finance involve managing and working with money. And Andy, you can probably go further into depth with that. But jobs are include in this pathway, but are not limited to accountants, actuaries, financial analysts, personal financial planners, claims adjusters, insurance sales, loan officers, and securities, commodities, and financial services sales agents. Obviously, there are many more to to add to that list, but that's what we've got for now to give our listeners a brief overview. So, Andy, welcome, and please introduce yourself. Tell us uh, where you work and what your title is. Well, thanks, Matt. My name is Andy Minnick, and I work at uh, Lehman Financial Advisors in Fort Wayne, and I am a partner and principal in our office. Okay. So what does a partner and principal at your office do at your business? Well, really good question. So I've got really two main focuses for my job. The first will be client facing. So those will be the the times where I'm meeting with our individual clients um, and helping them with their finances. I'm sure we'll talk more about that. Um, also we do work with companies, so we help them set up their company retirement plans and work with all the participants as they uh, navigate how to best use those. And then also we do some consulting work for various, um, companies. And then outside of the client facing, the other main aspect would be the back office work. So that's actually the running of our, our business. We have seven, um, people that are on our team. So it's just the aspect of running uh, a small business. And that's, you know, obviously budgeting and, you know, motivating our team, handling the HR and all those things as well. So really two main areas. The, the first, like I said, is client facing. And the second would be more the, the business person or back office roles. Okay. So in summary, you're offering financial services for not just personal individuals, but also maybe some larger businesses. Yeah, that's correct. On the personal side, really, our our goal is to help people um, enjoy a successful retirement. So that may be people we're working with that are already retired. So we're helping them navigate their financial lives at that point. Or it could be somebody who is a few years away from retirement, or it could be somebody who is 20 or 30 years away. It's really just helping them define their goals and figure out how they can use their current circumstances um, to best maximize their financial situation. And then, like you mentioned, also with the companies, we're helping um, we're helping companies set up retirement plans that will be the best fit for their employees. And then we help the employees make sure they're utilizing them best for them. So helping to decide how much to contribute and um, how that balances with their overall finances. And then with the consulting, um, we have an arrangement with some companies. We go in and really offer just general financial um, counseling for their employees. So we'll sit down with people and help them talk about retirement, but then also it could be help them with uh, managing debt. It could be paying, uh, you know, maybe it's paying off student loans. Maybe it's planning for education for their kids. Maybe it's talking about different insurance needs they may have. Um, but the nice thing is our client-facing 
um, activities really have those three areas, individuals, um, corporate retirement plans, and consulting arrangements. So really brings a lot of variety to those, uh, to our, our daily interactions with people. Okay. What, what would you say is the most exciting thing that you do on a day-to-day basis in your job? I'd say the most exciting thing is when we get to talk to people that have uh, that have worked hard and have done a great job in their finances, and now they're able to enjoy the the fruits of their labor. So it's talking to somebody who said, you know, hey, I'm maybe I'm six years old. I've had a very successful career. I've worked hard to save a lot of money, and now I'm able to to use my finances um, in a way that brings them joy. And for a lot of people, it's going to be uh, maybe it's it's increased travel and retirement. Maybe it's being able to support uh, charities and nonprofits that they really care about. But really, it's just seeing people um, enjoy um, the freedoms that they've given themselves. And that doesn't necessarily mean they have you know a ton of money. For some people, that they may just have a very comfortable lifestyle, and some people may have a lot of excess in their finances. Um, but it's exciting to see when people are really happy with where they're at. And um, I'd say that's probably the most exciting part is just talking to people and and um, and enjoying those successes with them. Good deal. On the flip side, what's the most difficult thing you have to deal with on a daily basis? Uh, that's a great question. Uh, I would say we, uh, you know, in our jobs, you know, we're paid to to tell people the truth. And uh, unfortunately, um, sometimes the, the truth can hurt when it comes to finances. So sometimes it can be difficult when you're sitting down with somebody who, um, one, may feel like they've done a great job, and we need to tell them, you know what, there's some changes we need to make. Um, and then secondarily, there are some folks who come down, or who we meet with, and they're already um, maybe a little bit down on their situation and feeling like, like hey, I'm, I'm really behind the eight ball on certain financial things. And and sometimes it can be tough to, to tell them, you know what, you know, uh, there are some tough things going on for you. Uh, we do need to make some big changes. And a lot of times folks obviously don't don't uh, like to hear that news. Uh, but at the same time, I think a really important part of what, uh, what we do is when we have to deliver those difficult uh, pieces of news, uh, we need to do it in a way that, uh, that still encourages people to, to see a way out. And sometimes that way out may be, may be easy, sometimes it may be hard, but I think that's something really important we do is, is if I meet with somebody and let's say they're trying to retire in 10 years and it's just not very realistic, um, it's, you know, I need to be honest with them. I need to tell them where they're at, but then also I need to be able to, to be ready to give them some tips on how they can improve their situation. So, um, so I think those difficult times are the times when we can really show our value to, to people we're working with. Okay. Yeah. I know financial conversations can sometimes never be easy and it can probably hurt when you have somebody come in who hasn't managed money. Well, I can understand that. Yeah. And there's, you know, what I can tell you is there's a lot of emotion behind finances as well. So it's not always people making decisions because of the numbers. Um, obviously everybody knows the more money you save, the more you're going to have down the road. Um, but there's emotion that comes into it, real life that comes into it. So one of the things in our job is we've got to be flexible. I've got to realize that not everybody is able to, to save continuously throughout their entire lives. There are things that come up that are going to require them to, to kind of veer off that path. And it's just important that, um, that we can help people stay motivated even when they do have those, those distractions that come up. Yeah, good. So I ask all of our guests on this podcast, what's something you would that you do 
that you never thought you would actually do in your job? Hmm. Uh, I would say for me, um, probably the level of involvement we have in our clients' personal lives. And uh, what I mean is when I got into the when I got in this industry, I knew it was relationship based, but really it's not until you've been working with somebody for many years and you've seen them go through good times and bad times that, uh, you know, that's when you really start to develop these close relationships. And really a lot of clients of mine have, have become friends or, or, you know, maybe, you know, there's, there's a big age gap. Maybe it's someone who is, is quite a bit older than me and maybe we're not friends and that we're seeing each other and hanging out a lot, but it's, you know, you really start to care about the people. And I don't think I, I had a grasp of that when I first got into the business, I kind of thought, well, I'll have relationships. A lot of it will be transactional. I'll talk to people about their finances, move on to the next thing. And what I found is, you know, we really get involved in the lives of, of the people we work with. And when someone trusts you enough to talk about their finances, that usually means they trust you to talk about a lot of other stuff. So, mm. you know, we're having real life conversations with our people, whether it's, um, you know, about uh, about joys they're having in their personal lives, struggles they're having in their personal lives um, because of the nature of our job and that the connectedness that your finances have to to a lot of aspects of your life. A lot of times we're one of the first calls if someone says, you know, there's a significant illness in the family or maybe someone's passed away. So a lot of these things become less transactional and more just relational and how we can kind of work with people and coach them through these situations. So there's a lot more relationship and probably uh, maybe even psychological uh, coaching to the job than I, I anticipated. Mm-hmm. Hear a lot of uh, the, the same theme come up in a lot of these podcasts with uh, business professionals saying relationships is huge, but it seems like this is a completely different level and it makes sense when you're dealing with finances. It's uh, It can be a tough topic and uh, definitely people open up more when they have to talk about finances. So that, yeah, it's a great point. Yeah, it's, it's just, it's real life. And that's what I tell people all the time. You know, we're, um, finances can are usually in the the one of the top things that can either make or break a family so that means it's connected to a lot of aspects of our lives and um and it's a part that i enjoy but i would say um you know sometimes it can also be be tough you know when you're expecting to talk to a family about their finances and it turns out you know there's some other things that are going on or maybe a client calls you and you talk about their finances for two minutes and then the rest of the time they tell you about you know, a difficult thing going on with the family. So, uh, so it definitely adds a lot of uh, variety to our days. You know, I, I start each day and I kind of know the meetings I have, but once we get in those meetings, we don't always know the direction they're going to head. Yep. So how old were you when you started um, being a financial advisor and what skills and education do you need or did you need to get your job? Uh, so I was about 25 years old when I started um, as an advisor, and uh, when I started, I had a, a four-year degree in finance from the Kelly School of Business at, at IU down in Bloomington. Um, when you first get into the business, you've got to go through and get licenses. So there's a lot of different tests you have to take, whether it's a Series uh, 7 or 66 or insurance licensing, but there's a lot of different um kind of hurdles that you've got across before you can even start meeting with clients. So I would say those are kind of the big things. Um, as far as skills heading um, into the job, you know, I, I knew that I liked working with people and um, I knew that it was important to have good communication skills. 
Um, that's one of the major things for, for our job is you can come up with a great plan for uh, somebody. You can come up with great investments or great, uh, you know, income plan or insurance plan or debt payoff plan. But if you can't clearly communicate that to, uh, to clients, then really that plan isn't, isn't going to be worth much at all. Um, and then now there's also ongoing education. So we have to do continuing education every year. Um, there's different designations that, um, that I've worked on throughout uh, my job. And depending upon the type of uh, advisor you want to be, there's additional, um, whether it's licenses or um, certifications that you'll, you'll get throughout your career. Okay. So the big question, and this is why a lot of people will come to the Jake Cruz Education Centers to figure out what they want to do for the rest of their lives. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I want to know, why did you decide to become a financial advisor? What, what experience did you have? What led you to, be, to decide what career you wanted to do? Well, um, I had an interest in, uh, in finance, but then I also wanted to make sure I was working directly with, uh, with people. So to me, that was important. I didn't want to, you know, to sit in the back of an office and uh, and never really get out of that office at any point. I wanted to make sure I was out talking with people. I wanted to meet with people. And I wanted there to be a lot of variety to my day. And um, I had uh, one of my grandfathers was a financial advisor. So um, when I, I think when I was in high school, um, I went to his office a couple of times, kind of shadowed him. And I thought it was was an interesting job um, and wasn't really committed to it throughout uh, college. But then after I got out of college, I had a, a good friend of mine who was a who was an advisor. So I talked to him quite a bit and uh, really liked what I heard and, and liked that he said, you know what, I've got a lot of variety in my day. You know, I use a lot of the same skills with different people, but I could be meeting with somebody who is at a very high point in their financial lives and maybe they're 60 years old and then maybe the next person is someone who's 35 and maybe they're at a lower point and everything in between so to me i, I like the idea of that variety and i like the idea of kind of coaching people and helping them along their uh their financial paths um so you know i'd say it's it's a lot of reasons and um you know it's uh, i think you have to have a passion for it because the um uh, I guess the washout rate or whatever you want to call it in our industry is pretty high um, because when you first get started, there's certainly some difficult things you encounter. Um, so you really got to have a passion for it. And uh, what I found is the people that are most successful in this business are not the people who get in it to make a ton of money, but are the ones that say, you know what, I want to do a good job for people. And that seems to, to um, lead to people being successful. Okay. So if you're, uh, you're, in your, you're in your firm, you're in your business, uh, you might be hiring somebody, uh, what skills or characteristics do you look for somebody wanting to get into your career field? Yeah, great question. So I, I think it really depends upon what route you want to go. And what I mean is there's client-facing roles, which would, be, um, which would be what I do. And then there's also folks who, and this is equally or, or even more important, that do a lot of um, behind-the-scenes work. So if you're somebody who wants to do that, I think being um, analytical and detail-oriented are very important. Um, that's one of the main things we look for. We're, we're very blessed to have a great team in our office. And the folks we have um, that are doing a lot of our support work are vital to our organization. And they are very detail-oriented. 
Um, also, the communication is important. So um, for them, being able to take the, the detailed work they're doing and communicate it either to myself or one of the other advisors or to our clients, I think is very important. Um, as far as the client facing, so if you want to get on that side, I keep hitting the same, uh, the same message, but communication skills are just very, very important. We're taking uh, complex financial information and we're trying to communicate it in a simple way to people. You know, finances are a complicated area. You know, there are a lot of moving parts. It's very, very uh, difficult if you want to describe every detail of a, of, uh, a financial plan to somebody. So what we've got to do is we've got to have a really good understanding of it. And then we need to be able to pick up on cues from the person we're working with to find out how much they want to, to know, how much detail do they want to go into. So I think the communication is a very important um, I'd say on the client-facing role, it's also um, important to uh, to be able to hear no. I mean, I, you know, I think whenever we see financial advisors on TV, it seems to be a very glamorous thing, and there's all sorts of of success around it. But you're going to hear no. There's going to be times when you give maybe it's a recommendation and people don't like it, or there's going to be times when uh, when you think you're going to get a new client, you know, especially when you're early in the business and you don't. So I think it's the ability to to hear no and immediately move on you know say okay why did i hear that no and then why can i you know why should i move on instead of kind of getting hung up on it so uh, so really i think for both those roles it's communication but it's figuring out you know if you're going to be somebody who's behind the scenes there is a different skill set versus someone who's going to be more client facing he talked about hearing no you know somebody who gets into this field i i would assume has to establish a client base and, mm -hmm. you know, in order to have business and to generate income for themselves, for their family. So how, how does that happen when you get out of college and maybe you're settling down with, let's say your wife, you get married and you're in a place where you don't really know anybody. How do you get established in this business when it's client based? Matt, I'm going to be honest with you. It's hard. And anybody who doesn't tell you that, I, I think, is not being truthful. Um, you know, I, I think people kind of have this thought of, oh, financial advisors are all very successful and they and they make tons of money. Well, when you first start, you know, for me, I was 25 years old and I was very fortunate that my wife was working. And it depends upon where you start at. Some places you're going to be able to go in and they'll give you a base salary and you're able to live off of that. And you need to start building clientele from there. Um, but a lot of people start, and this is how I started, with no pay. So basically you start and it's kind of a, an eat what you kill model. So it's you've got to get new clients and continually get new clients and build your business up so you can start to have uh, start to make a living. So so really, if you if you start in as a client facing person early in your your work career, um, it is tough to uh, it is tough to get. Uh, to get new clients. So I think it's really important to be smart on the team that you you join with. So now our industry is starting to evolve and become a little bit more of a profession. And what I mean is we're starting to develop more career paths. So getting into our industry, there's a, a lot of ways to do it. You can go get your licenses and go uh, be a financial advisor on your own day one. You can join a big national uh, firm that may have a name brand to it, or you can join a, a local firm such as ours and I think it's gonna be really important to understand the firm you're with and make sure you understand, you know, how are they gonna support you? You know, are they gonna say, you know what, Matt, welcome to the industry, here's your computer, good luck. Or are they gonna say, you know what, Matt, we've already got some opportunities available for you. 
And we're going to train you and we're going to make sure you're successful because of these opportunities we have. So I think it's really important to understand, um, you know, who your teammates are going to be and how they're going to help you. Because, you know, if you just get in, get in the business, whether you're 25, 45 or 55, and you don't have a, a good team around you, uh, it can be really hard to, to get new clients. Mm-hmm. You, you made a comment about working for free at the beginning. And I think there's a, a misconception, at least I had a misconception when I, when I started off and, you know, wanted to find somebody to help with our finances. And, you know, I figured, oh, we're going to have to go in and we're going to have to pay a financial advisor to sit down with us and work through all of these things and take a look. And, you know, it'll be an hourly rate. And I found that not to be true. Is that, is that true in the, in the entire industry, as far as financial advising is concerned? Well, Matt, our industry is weird in that there are a ton of different ways we can get paid. So there are some folks who uh, who do hourly rates. So they say, you know what, every time you come in and meet with me, it's going to be X amount per hour. And if we do fall, it's going to be X amount per hour. There are some folks who say, you know what, I'm going to get paid a commission or a transactional fee every time we interact. So if I talk to you and I and you know you move forward an investment option, that's when I get paid. Or there's another route, and this is the one that's that's uh, becoming more prevalent right now, is is you get paid more of a on a retainer basis based upon the amount of, of assets that you manage for somebody. So really, our industry is is unique in that there's a lot of different ways that we can get paid. And um, I think to to go back to your earlier question, you know, if you're getting into the business, it's very important to understand the the firm you work for. How do they get paid? And um, one piece of advice I give to anybody getting in the business, whether you're, you know, at any age or at any point in your career, is to make sure you fully understand that and make sure you completely explain that to the people you're working with. So, you know, Matt, you said when you went in, you know, you thought there'd be a fee. I just want to make sure if you're, you know, an advisor, just tell people right away. Say, you know what, Matt, thanks for coming in. Here's how I'm going to get paid. Because if we don't talk about it and we get to the end of the hour long meeting, you probably leave saying, hmm. He didn't get paid today, or maybe he did. I'm not sure. So I think it's really important to, to be up front and tell people that. Sure, sure. So what? speaking of pay, what's the average or estimated pay range for somebody just starting off in, in your career, your industry, um, and then maybe moving towards the top of the pay scale? So somebody coming right out of the Kelly School of Business, you jump mm-hmm. in, um, you're just building your client base, you started at a firm. What does that look like to all the way up to I'm about ready to retire from being a personal financial mm-hmm. advisor? Give us just mm-hmm. an estimated pay range for our listeners yeah. of what somebody might make. Very good question. Very invasive, but I like it. Um, so like I said, the, the, if you're just, let's take the examples. There's a lot of different ways to get in the business. Like I said, if you want to be maybe a great support advisor or you want to be a, a business owner, you want to be just whatever the case is. So we'll talk specifically about if you want to start out as a, a client facing advisor and the, uh, the initial pay, uh, can be as low as zero. Uh, I was fortunate to walk into the business with a starting pay of zero, um, <laughs> all the way up. And then if you do join an established firm, and like you said, if we're taking somebody who's just graduated from, from college and they don't have any clients, they've started at an established firm, then I would say you're going to get a, a comparable pay to, to whatever a, a new college graduate would get in your area. So if somebody coming out of, of the Kelly School of Business 
um, you know, and let's say they're in Northeast Indiana, if maybe they're going to be in that salary range of anywhere from maybe 40 to 50,000 or so, and, and I could be off on that, you'll know that better than I do. Um, you may be able to find a salary at, at that point or in that range. Um, but like I said, it's going to depend upon, you know, are you going to be at a firm that provides you opportunities and has some, some work for you to do day one, then they're going to look to provide an, a good salary for you. Um, but if it is a you're hundred percent client facing, it may be a, a salary of zero to start with, or you may have a draw. So that's a way where a lot of times they say, we'll pay you, but you essentially need to pay us back. Um, with revenue that you generate. Uh, on the flip side, um, you know, what's to pay when you get to retirement? Um, another one that's really hard to uh, to answer, and the reason is, when you get in this business, you're going to hear, well, the the pay and the income potential is unlimited. And uh, I, I don't really like it when people say that because one, it, it kind of uh, makes people focus too much on the job. And then also it makes people think that that's an easy thing to, to accomplish. When you say unlimited of all of a sudden big numbers jump in your head, you think, gosh, you know, I'll go from making zero to, you know, tons and tons of money. Once you get, uh, you know, once I'm only in the business for a couple of years, that's certainly not the case, but I would say on the higher end, I mean, you can be very successful and make a six figure income. Um, but a lot of it's going to depend upon um, your practice and kind of what you want lifestyle wise. You know, do, do you want to have a, a job where you work uh, normal hours or are you saying I want to work a ton of hours? Mm, What's sure. that work life balance? So um, so really the upper end can be very high and successful. Um, but the starting range can either be zero all the way up to to a, a respectable starting salary for a college graduate so maybe not a specific answer but it's hard like i said our industry compensation is weird it can really be all over the board you can find somebody who's been in the industry for you know 10 years and maybe they're making a six-figure income and you can find somebody who's been in the industry for 20 years and they might not be at that level yet gotcha and that seems to be kind of the trend throughout a lot of different pathways and a lot of different careers is, you know, again, how successful, you know, do you have good communication skills, relationship building skills? Mm -hmm. A lot of that seems to determine the successfulness um, of, of somebody in each pathway, uh, regardless of the job. So that makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, if you've got some listeners out there who are considering finance as their pathway and they're good with numbers, they're interested, what would you tell someone or encourage them to do if they're looking to go into something related to finance? How would you help them? Because I know there, there's everything from a personal financial advisor to going to New York. You could be a you know stockbroker. There's so much in finance. Mm -hmm. How does somebody figure out what their niche is within this pathway? Well, what I'd say is you need to reach out to people who are in the, the industry. So you need to find people, you know, if, if you just say, gosh, I want to be a finance major in college, or maybe you're coming out of college, or maybe you're in high school and you're thinking about this, you know, find somebody who's an accountant, you know, and, and maybe you're just Google, what are accountants, you know, who are some accountants near my, my house or where I live? And then just reach out to them and say, hey, can I come into your office for a day? or, you know, work through whether it's different, you know, whether it's your school or, you know, contact people like yourself who have connections in different industries and say, okay, you know what I want to figure out? What does an accountant do? What does a financial advisor do? Is that different from a stockbroker? You know, what does, um, you know, a financial analyst do at a small company? What about a financial analyst at a big company? 
because there are, are jobs within this career pathway that are completely different. You know, there are some people when they hear about my job, they'd say, wow, I'm in finance and our jobs couldn't be more different. So I think the big thing is talking to people who are actually in the jobs um, and finding out from them, you know, what do they like and what do they not like? What are the positives and the negatives? And, uh, you know, I think the the thing that that you probably want to avoid is just pure internet research because if you just do that, you know, you're going to, you're going to find people who love their job, people who hate their job and everywhere in between. But really, I think you want to get into those environments, you know, find out um, what does a financial advisor do? And, and you may find out, gosh, being a financial advisor, not really what I want, but I like the idea of maybe doing some of the back office work. Or, you know what, I, I really like the business generation side of things. So I think if you talk to people that are in the industry, that's really the best way to find out if you're going to like it. And I would encourage people to, to do that. Maybe you want to work at a bank. Well, find, you know, talk to anybody you have that could have a connection at a bank and figure out, okay, you know, do I want to work at a small bank, a, a large bank? And really it's talking to people that are in the industry that you're interested in um, that's most important. And and also, you know, being honest with yourself, if you say, gosh, this job looks like I could be good at it, but I'm not going to like it, then you've got to avoid it. Because I think what's really important is whatever industry you go into, it's got to be something you're passionate about. Because when you think about it, if you get into an industry when you're 25, you know, you could be doing that for 40 years. And you just want to make sure that you're doing something that, uh, that you enjoy. Mm-hmm. And with this being a huge client relations business, I would say this – you know, this pathway is probably pretty open to people contacting, you know, financial folks and sitting down and having conversations. Would you agree that you're, I mean, the finance pathway is probably easy for somebody to pick up the phone and contact you and say, Hey, I want to know what you do with your, in your job. I'm looking to go into that. Is that, was that fair to say? Yeah, hundred percent. Matt, financial okay. advisors talk. We like to talk. So if, if somebody calls us and asks questions, we'll definitely uh, uh, be responsive to that. And uh, I think we'll be uh, we'll probably talk somebody's ear off if they ask us what we do, because um, that's what we get paid to do is paid to communicate. So, uh, yeah, people should definitely be open to, to helping you. And the, the nice thing, too, is there's a ton of financial advisors. I'm not the only financial advisor. So odds are, you know, someone probably has a connection to somebody. Maybe they know an advisor, their parents know their advisor, the parent of a friend or something like that. Maybe somebody they go to church with or whatever. Odds are you'll be able to, to track down an advisor, at least have somewhat of a connection to. And if someone's not willing to make the call or look it up, maybe they shouldn't go into financial advising. That's probably a, that's <laughs> probably a good point. Anything else? Last question here, Andy. Anything else you'd like to share about your experience or your journey that you've learned or that you want to share with our listeners about your career? Um, I think the big thing is just realizing there's going to be ups and downs. And, uh, you know, I think specifically with our industry, um, anytime you see anything in finance in the movies, what I'd say is there's maybe a, a sliver of truth to it and then the rest is just completely made up. So, um, you know, there's, like I said earlier, there's kind of this, uh, this glamorization of, of our job and, and there's a lot of great aspects to it, but at the same time, um, you know, there are some tougher times and you certainly don't walk in day one with tons and tons of success. Even if you walk into a big successful firm, you've got to have some humility and realize, gosh, I've got a lot to learn. And one thing I can tell you, uh, for me is that continual learning, 
um, is really important. I know a lot of people say that, but for us, it's true. One, it's learning, you know, my skills and learning my strengths and weaknesses and figuring out how, you know, how I can improve on those weaknesses and how I can use the strengths in a positive way. Um, but also on a technical level, it's important for me to realize when I got in the business 15 years ago, there's a lot of technical things that have changed and there are more skills that I have to constantly be getting. And I need to be staying on top of different things and staying on top of different pieces of legislation and different updates in our industry. So um, so for me, I think it's kind of realizing that the day you become an advisor is kind of the, the start of a lifelong education where you've got to continually be um, learning new skills. And, you know, I think a big part of that is is having um, having a good team in your office, but then also having just different colleagues throughout the country you can talk to and you can share successes with and you can talk to them about about challenges and, and issues as well. Awesome. Well, this has been tremendous. This is exciting. Thank you so much for your advice. I appreciate you being on the podcast with us today, Andy. Great. Hey, thanks, Matt, for having me on. I appreciate this opportunity. Uh, and appreciate everything that, that you're doing there at the J. Cruz Education Center. And if there's anything we can do in our office to help moving forward, uh, please let us know. Awesome. Well, thank you. And thank you to our listeners for tuning in today. And remember to subscribe to our channel. Content will be updated weekly. Please leave a review and share us with your friends. Also, if you're interested in hearing from a specific professional, please send us an email and let us know what profession. Thanks and have a great day.